Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Particularly excited about our 12-minute presenters because they have worked very, very hard to put together a, uh, a very concise, you know, very tight idea that can make a big, big, big difference in your life and your business. So I'm going to introduce our first uh, presenter right now. And our first presenter, uh, do I have my PowerPoint guy back there? There we go. Our first presenter is JJ Mack. JJ's with American Pacific Mortgage. Last year, 157 units funded for 39 million bucks. Year to date, 78 units funded for 27 million bucks. And I think you're going to like his idea a lot. He's been in the business about six years. And uh, let's welcome to the stage from American Pacific Mortgage, JJ Mack. Excited for you, brother. Take care. Good luck. Tom Ferry, Steve Harney, man, that's, that's tough. Now it's me. They were both just up here. Well, I should say Tom Ferry was down there doing cartwheels. I was, so. How many people out there enjoy learning about history? About history fan, history buffs in the audience? Okay, I got some friends. I, I like history. I'm a big fan of it. And I was watching the History Channel. This is back around 2007, 2008. And they had an episode on that they were talking about the top five presidents of our country. And they had came down to number two. And they said, Abraham Lincoln was our second best president. And they started talking about him. And the one thing that differentiated him from any other president was they kept pointing out that he was super friendly. And he always had a positive attitude. No matter what happened, I don't know if you guys have heard about President Lincoln's life, but man, he had some serious problems. You know, his wife died, and he, he, he ran several times for different things. He never won. But every single time, he kept a positive attitude. He, he, there was many things that he said, but one of the things was most people will be about as happy as they make up their minds to be. And I was, sitting in the, I was just sitting here this morning, just kind of getting ready for this, and I was reading the screen of the quotes, and that was one of the quotes. I didn't even realize that, but how cool was that? But that was, that was tough for me to understand as a college student in 2007. Most people will make up their minds of how happy they want to be. How, how does that work? I did some research on it, and 80% of the time as we go through our day, we're thinking negatively. 80% of the time. That's a lot to think negatively throughout your day. That's a proven fact. So how is it that we can think happy thoughts even when things go wrong? You guys heard Steve Harney say, you know, you can be having the greatest day of your life. Driving home from work, you guys, must have, you guys just got 10 loans in contract, you're happy, but then all of a sudden someone cuts in front of you and you're not so happy anymore. One thing can turn your day around, even though you had 10 good things happen. So move forward a couple years, and now I was out of college, and I went to go work for Mortgage Bank, American Pacific Mortgage. 
And I was working as an assistant to one of the top producers in our company. And I learned the business from soup to nuts, everything you could possibly imagine. So I, I told this loan officer, I said, okay, I've done enough time here, I wanna be a loan officer too. And so he said, okay, we'll go get your license. So I went and got my license, came back like a month later. I said, all right, here's my license, now what? Okay, well here's your desk, here's your phone, here's your computer, go get some business. And I was all fired up. I knew how to do a loan, but I didn't have any business. And that was tough. That was a tough thing to do, get business, right? I mean, you know how to do the loan, everybody knows how to do a loan, but getting the loan is the tough part. Well, months started going on, and I, I, I still wasn't really getting any business. I mean, I would go out and do everything that I was supposed to do. I'd go out and I'd meet with agents. I'd go out and I would try and meet my local community and hold events, and did everything I was supposed to do. But every time I would be shot down and I wouldn't get the business. So the end of the year came, my W-2 came in the mail, and I opened it up, and it said I made $11,000 for four loans. So that's not enough money, right? You can't live on $11,000, because then you take your taxes away, and you really made like 7,500 bucks. So I, I, I thought, this just isn't the job for me. I said, I can't do this. Well, at the time, I was being coached by Ron Weinberg. I'm not sure if any of you guys know Ron Weinberg. But I, I called him, and I said, Ron, I, I can't do this anymore. This is just a, this, this, this job is just not my thing. I don't think it's for me. I think I need to go back to be an assistant or something. And he said, well, JJ, just a year ago, you were telling me how excited you were to get in the business. I hadn't heard anybody be so excited before. And so I said, well, that was a year ago, and I've been in the business now, and I know I don't want to do it. I said, okay, well, you can do that, and you can keep making your 40 grand as an assistant, or we can try and figure out a way to make it better. I said, okay, well, let's try. So he said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Tell me everything, and I don't know if you guys know who Zig Ziglar, I'm sure everybody here knows, right, Zig Ziglar? Yeah. This is the same thing that Zig Ziglar does. I didn't know it at the time. But he asked me, what are the things that you liked and loved about getting in the business? What are the things that you absolutely loved about getting in? What, what is it that you love going to work every single day? Well, I love real estate. I love that I can pick my own schedule. I love working with people. And I start naming these things off. And as I start naming them off, he's writing them down. And in about 20 minutes, I had named off about 100 things that I loved about being in the business. And he said, okay, we can stop here for now. But you see, you've named already over 100 things in just 20 minutes of why you loved being in this business. And there's one thing that you don't love about it. So you're going to stop being in the business just because this one thing? And so at that point, I, we got off the phone and he told me, he said, you know what, JJ, you need to read a book. You need a book called The Traveler's Gift. This is a great book. If you guys haven't read it, I recommend it. It's uh, not as good as the Todd Duncan books, but <laughs> it's still a very good book. This one's actually a signed copy. If you guys ever get a chance to see him, I would recommend that as well. This one part in this book, I really wanted to share it with you guys because it really brought me back 
into the loan industry and, and made me successful. And it says, in the past, I have found discouragement in particular situations. I sure had discouragement. Until I compared the condition of my life to others less fortunate. Really, there's others less fortunate than me? I was only doing four loans a year. Just as a fresh breeze cleans smoke from the air, so a grateful spirit removes the cloud of despair. It's impossible for the seeds of depression to take root in a thankful heart. Today, I will choose to be happy. Today, I will choose to be happy. That's pretty, that's pretty nuts, right? I mean, how can you be happy with four loans in a year? Well, I tried. I did everything I could, and, and I went out, and I had my coaching calls, and I continued to do exactly the same things that I was doing, but with a different attitude towards life and towards my business. And you know what changed? My W-2 changed, but the other thing that changed was the way I felt about my life and the successes I was having and my happiness. And I could see the people around me were getting happier. My, my girlfriend was happy. My family was happy. Everything was happy. And so that, it was with that that the next year I went on and I made over $100,000. That was my first real year in the mortgage business just because of the one thing that changed. Now, it's, it, that's just me as one person, but I really want to talk to you about somebody that's a little bit more influential than me. Um, this is a basketball, and you know who the best basketball player in the world is, is Michael Jordan, right? Everybody, everybody loves Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan was the attitude make the, the, the positive attitude maker in the Chicago Bulls. In 1984, he was drafted to the Chicago Bulls. And as he was drafted, they asked Michael Jordan, what do you want to do in the NBA? He said, I want to do one thing. That's to win an NBA championship. You know how long it took him to win that NBA championship? It took him to the seventh year to being in the NBA. Didn't happen that first year. But every single year, they came back to him. They said, what is it that you want to do? They said, he said, I'm going to win an NBA championship. You watch, I'm gonna win. And so that seventh year he won. He had some bad times. He went, he went on to win six NBA championships, but after a while he went on to have some tough times in his life and he quit and started playing baseball for a while. When he left, he, they, they didn't do as well. Chicago Bulls didn't do as well. And they asked the coach, they asked the coach, um, Phil Jackson, they said, what is it that, that makes you guys not win this year? Why aren't you guys winning the championship this year? What, what, hit, what took you out of the playoffs? And he said, well, that's very easy to answer. He says, I'm going to tell you something that I've heard, and that, that is that the number one predictor of success is attitude. You guys write down anything, write down that. The number one predictor of success is attitude. So if you want to be successful, you have to have the right attitude. And he says, when Michael Jordan left the Chicago Bulls to go play baseball, our attitude left with him. We had the talent. There were still many good players, great players on the Chicago Bulls. They could have still won. But their attitude wasn't there. The person that was telling him, we we're going to win this championship, was not there to do it anymore. Now, it's the same thing if you, if you look at any professional athlete, any very high now that we look back on them, 
their life started out, you know, small with nothing, but they became big. How is it that that's possible, right? You don't have anything, but then you have everything. It's like Muhammad Ali. He grew up with not very much, but he told, he knew that he was the best, and he would tell everybody, I am the best. Some people think that's conceit, but I can tell you that every single one of the loan officers that came up here earlier today or yesterday, if they're going to go out with me with a real estate agent or anything or go meet the, their local market, I can guarantee you that they're not thinking, I just don't know, I think I can do this, but I'm not sure. They are absolutely thinking, I am the best, I'm going to kill this meeting, I'm going to make it happen. And they do. So I'll leave you with this, guys. Good attitude brings good results. It's as simple as that. There's nothing else to it. A good attitude brings good results. But not only will your W-2 and your units go up, but you will have a life that is richer in happiness. Thank you very much, guys. And thank you, Todd. Good job, man. Good job. So I, I want, I just, you know, I, I, JJ and I spent some time on the phone, and Linda and I with JJ spent time on the phone, and it was kind of interesting as you started thinking about attitude, because I, I said to JJ, I said, you still have to dollarize this. You're doing a 12-minute speech, and uh, we're making a commitment and a promise to everybody that that's going to produce $100,000 in income. And so I need to, before I let you off stage, you need to take us from the time you made 11 grand in four loans, okay. shifted your attitude, I want to know your income every year for the next three years. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was, it was 11 grand, 2010. 2011, I made $120,000 my first year, actually breaking the $100,000 mark. The year after that, I doubled that, and I went to 225. The next year, I was over 350. So, so 350 last year? Last year. And? And this year, I'll break 400. And this year, break 400. Attitude. Right on, man. So. That's powerful. I mean, think about this as leaders. Think about what would happen if you could in, you know, cause an infectious attitude in your culture. Think about every loan officer shifting their mindset from being negative to being positive. Think about what would happen to your profitability and you know, your branch if you had every LO go from 50,000 a year or 100,000 a year to 200 to 300 to $400,000 a year. It's hard to tangibilize attitude, but at the same time, it's absolutely everything. So I uh, appreciate JJ sharing that with us. And uh, uh, he powered through a lot of nerves and I admire that. I admire that a lot. All right, let me uh, talk to you about Denise Donahue. She is amazing, boot camp graduate. <clears throat> Last year, 71 units for $25 million. Year to date, 62 units for $26 million. She is here with a great angle on gaining new realtor relationships. So welcome to the stage, the next 12-minute presenter, the one and only <laughs> Denise Donahue. By the way, winner of Sales Mastery Idol last year. I brought the barf bucket just in case. I'll point it this way. So I'm really excited to be here, and I have a little bit of a confession to make. Um, 
My first sales mastery was last year, so for the people who are here last year, I um, brought my twin sister and I, and so I was gonna come out here today and I was gonna say, okay, my $100,000 strategy is to spend a little bit of money and just clone yourself. And that way, you can do double the business and nobody will even know. And here's the three steps to do it, but my sister is 38 weeks pregnant, so doctor said she couldn't fly. I said it's the fourth child, it should be fine. <laughs> it's not the first. So anyways, um, let me start by asking you a question. How many times have you been meeting with a real estate agent and they ask you, how much money can you give me for internet leads? Or, you know, how much can you contribute for this or that? I absolutely dreaded that question, in part because my response was so terrible. I didn't have a rebuttal at all. Um, this strategy that I'm going to talk about, that I learned from boot camp just nine months ago in December, you'll never, ever, ever get that question again. It will literally blow their mind. They will be begging you to be their partner. That's how great it is. So before I dive into that, what I want to do is I want to go over some of my, my numbers so that you can see what it's done for me. So as Todd said, I've been in the business for a little over two years. I got my mortgage license in April 2012. Had never done a purchase loan. I heard of an FHA 203k loan and it scared the living crap out of me just by the name of it. But my first year I closed 18 million. Out of that 18 million though, I only closed 7.8 in purchase business. And the reason why I point that out is because in 2012, the 30 year interest rates were at historic lows. They were less than three and a half percent. So you could get a phone book and throw a dart at a name in the phone book and you could likely find someone with a 30 year rate above three and a half and get them to refinance. So my first year I did 7.8 and so far, year to date, at the end of August, I've closed 24 million just in purchase-based business, and hopefully, at the end of the year, I'll get close to 40. So what I wanna do is I wanna jump right into this strategy, and it's called the Consumer Referral Program. That's what Todd named it at the boot camp. What I did is I put a new name on it, because there were a lot of loan officers from the Dallas area that heard this same strategy. So I didn't want to be like one of those that was going after all the real estate agents and we were all talking about the same strategy. So I call it the circle of power partners. So I'm going to dive into the mechanics of what this program is and then I'm going to give you the five steps on how you can implement this program, meet new realtors and blow their mind. So let's jump in. What does it do? It's a system designed to generate 10 partners. Ideally you want 10 power partners and if just one partner gave you one deal a month, you would close 10 loans a month. So let's say on a very low scale, you made $1,000 per loan. 10 loans, $1,000 per loan, that's $10,000 a month. That's $120,000 a year, just with this one program. So where do you find these power partners or who are they? Power partners can be financial advisors, divorce attorneys, CPAs, wedding planners, love wedding planners, social media, I call as a power partner. These, and you can have 10 of one, or you could have all divorce attorneys. All you want is to get in front of 10 power partners and hire them so you can get one deal a month. And so the question becomes, where do you find them? 
And this depends on the stage of where you are in your business. When I was new two years ago, I had to make what are called cold power partner calls because I couldn't start with a buyer. If you've been in the business and you have some real estate agents sending you referrals, what you're saying to your real estate partner is it starts with a lead. It starts with you sending me a buyer because on every 1003 or on every application, there's a whole circle of these partners. People like the HR, because we have to verify employment and income. People like financial advisors, because we need bank statements on every loan. People like CPAs, because we get tax returns, and on the second page of that tax return, there's CPA information. Divorce decree. There's an attorney on every divorce decree. So inside every application, there's this money tree, this circle of power partners that could be potential people that you could hook up with. And the theory is, is that if this client picked you to be their mortgage banker, and they picked Joe Schmo to be their CPA, there's a good chance that you guys do business the same way. So these are very warm calls. You can call them up and introduce themselves. My niche is a financial advisor. I used to have my investment licenses before I got into the mortgage world. So I love calling financial advisors. And here's an example of what you can say. Hello, Mr. Financial Advisor. My name is Denise Donahue, and we have a mutual client, Mr. and Mrs. Duncan. I am their mortgage banker, and I'm working on their home loan, and I wanted to ensure this 30-year loan aligned with their short and long-term financial goals. Can I run this by you real quick? You build a little bit of rapport. You speak a little bit of their language. And then I end the call with, I meet with many clients that do not have a retirement plan in place or they have old 401ks sitting at prior employers. I highlight that in yellow because those are your trigger words. That's speaking their language. I would like to schedule a time for us to visit next week so I could learn more about your business and products you have to offer what day next week works best. You sound totally different than any other mortgage banker that they work with, You'll go and meet with them, and guess what? Their job, just like yours, is to get in front of many clients and help build to their book of business, just like you. So they're great referring partners. So let's dive into the mechanics of how this program works. By the way, from these slides on, this is exactly how I present this when I'm either one-on-one -on -one with an agent or if I'm with a group of agents, because they have to visually understand how this program works. So here's how it starts. You send me a lead. Again, it starts with the buyer. I have this asterisk because you have to put it in their mind that that's where it starts. Then I do the pre-qualification. As I do the pre-qualification with the client, whether it's face-to-face -face or over the phone, then we will review what potential power partners does this one buyer have that I need to talk to. Then I make my power partner calls. So you have to have a system in place. There's two things to be successful. You have to have people and systems. If you don't have a system in place for this, it won't work. So after you get that client and that pre-qualification, you have to show your real estate agent that you have a way to capture and gather this data. Now this is a picture of what looks like a 1003. It's a, it's a page that I used to put in the paper disclosures. But well, we don't really do paper disclosures anymore, so you have to change with the, the times. So what I did is I still had the sheet, but now when I meet with the client face-to-face, -face, I gather this information when we're kneecap to kneecap. 
if you have an assistant or uh, anybody else on your team that can gather this information, I still have this same sheet, but when it's completed, it goes on my desk, and then I'm ready to make the call. So you have to time block your calls, because if you don't time block, you'll never get to them. And then the sheets just stack up, and you say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then you do it next month, and you're just getting more and more sheets. And then you just put it off, because now you have an overwhelming amount of sheets. So time block your schedule. Pick Tuesdays and Thursdays, whatever time works best for you, and say, these are going to be my power partner calls. And show your real estate agent, this is how organized I am from this time to this time. I'm working on generating more business back to our team. Then you have to manage it. So once you've hired partners that you want to do business with, this is what's important for the real estate to understand that then you manage it in whatever way that works for you. For me, starting out, it was an Excel spreadsheet. Wasn't that fancy? Couple columns, couple rows. And what I showed to them was that I highlighted in red where it says lead source, because I know every power partner that we hired to the team came from this real estate agent. And it's very important to them that they know that, because they get really concerned. Well, how do you know it's, it was from me and not some other agent? You know, this is how. But you have to manage them. How many deals are you getting from them a month? How many times have you talked to them? How many times have you gone to lunch with them? These are still business partners that you have to get in front of and show value to. So it's important that you have a system to manage that and you show your agents how you manage it. So let's put it all together. Starts with the buyer. You have to have a system to capture the information. You have to show them that you time block it. You have a management system so you know when to hire and fire that, that partner. You hire 10 stud muffin power partners, and you get one deal a month. That's the goal. So how powerful is one deal a month? If you're presenting this to a real estate agent, here's where it gets crazy. From a realtor standpoint, if they got one deal a month from each power partner, Let's just say on a low scale, they made $4,000 commission on one deal. That's $4,000 times 10, that's 40 grand a month. And we just saw the statistics about the percentages of what real estate agents make. That's huge. From a mortgage banker standpoint, 10 loans a month, again, just $1,000 alone, that's $120,000 a year. What if your average commission was $2,000 a month? That's $240,000 a year. And this is just doing something with the information that we already have to get on a 1003. You just gotta do something with it. So yesterday I heard a couple of times, I think Jill mentioned it, that the magic is in how you implement this program. And when I left boot camp in December, I was so jazzed up. Me and my sister, my manager was there. I would highly encourage bringing your manager to boot camp because everybody is, is, is getting the, the brain food all at once. And we were just strategizing. Put together these PowerPoints, said, okay, how are we going to put this and in, in, in rock it? So what I did, I first created the visuals, like what we just saw. I called all my current real estate partners and I said, man, I gotta talk to you ASAP. I just learned about this program. We gotta meet immediately. Then I went to my title partners, because title partners are huge raving fans of ours. If you treat them good, 
they will sell you to other real estate agents without you having to sell yourself. So I told them about the program. Then I asked the top escrow officer in our area, I want to co-host a seminar with you. He's been in the business for years. He knows all the top dogs, real estate agents. I didn't know any of them. I said, I want, I want to do a, a seminar with you. We'll talk about an appraisal panel, but I want 10 minutes to present this strategy. And I'll say, you know, Kip and I, he was my escrow officer, this is what we do for our real estate partners. So now I'm adding value to my escrow officer. But it got me in front of 10, I'm sorry, 50 new agents at this seminar. 50 was the max the room could hold. And these were stud real estate agents that I never even knew. As you can see, I presented this exactly what I'm doing right now. I followed up, I followed through, and now to this year, I will hopefully end with $40 million at the end of the year. So have fun, make it rain, and don't be afraid to implement this strategy. You can do it. Rockstar. So, hey, just <clears throat> think about this. I mean, just think about this. It took you less than 30 days to get the seminar launched. Yes. So, so this is how powerful this platform called Sales Mastery is. And when you think about a loan originator who in nine months with essentially one idea implemented brilliantly has a 400% increase in purchase business in nine months is astonishing, but yet it is so simple. Yeah. And so if we take this out, because I've seen her numbers and I know where the pipeline is and I know what's happening, if you take this out to the end of December, Assuming one month of implementation, 11 months of execution on one idea, you have a 700% improvement in closed loan purchase volume in a year. I don't know about you, but is it more funner? It's a lot more fun. <laughs> It's a lot more fun. No. So, um, okay, so this is powerful. And um, the, the interesting thing is if you didn't connect the dots, connect these dots, because I just want to make sure that you realize for every 10 power partners you have that you're structuring relationship with, and by the way, that script was brilliant because I, I know that you, you wrote that on your own. But if you have 10 power partners and every power partner has 300 clients, you have a population of 3,000 people. So the agent gives you the lead, you take the lead, you get the power partners, you have now just said to your agent, I just found us 3,000 people that we're gonna sell homes to for as long as we do business together. That's how powerful this is. Did you connect the dots? Everybody good? <clears throat> how many do you think this strategy would knock it out of the park for you financially? It should be every hand in the room. Okay, now one other thing. Um, a lot of people might in their mind play that J.J. Mack negative game on, wow, I mean, I've been in the business two years. How did you get clear 
that you could call CPAs and call financial planners that might have 10 or 15 years of experience? How did you get your head right on that? Well, the first thing I did is I called, uh, I think it was 12 financial advisors, CPAs, and I didn't even try to build a partnership. I just called with an anonymous name and said, I want to learn how you do business. How do you get in front of clients? The key is, is everybody has to make money. And so if I can learn more about that power partner and how to make them money, then they're more likely to send me business to make me money. I mean, that's just how the world works. So I wanted to learn about their business. So the first thing I did is I called a bunch of financial advisors and said, tell me about financial advising or tell me about you know your CPA practice or the wedding planners. That was a new one that I had added that has been amazing because people get engaged and then they have to buy a house. So I want those clients. Um, so you just call and ask them how they get business and say, I want to help you, you help me. And that's a partnership. This is an example of the Steve Jobs video. Make the phone call, make the phone call. All right, Denise, you are a rock star. Thank you, congratulations. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you I want to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success. But if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25 page ebook and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.